Well, today is the, the last uh, week of our three-part series titled Thank You Notes. And I've been talking about how uh, our parents taught us when we were uh, very young. They, they taught us how to say thank you. I, in fact, that's probably one of the first phrases we learned before we could really speak in complete sentences. We were learning to say thank you and you're welcome, and then when we got older, they taught us to write thank you notes, and so I really appreciated your, your thank you notes this morning. Uh, I actually have some thank you notes as well. Uh, we, we, a couple of weeks ago, saw a video clip of Jimmy Fallon, who does this segment. He does this segment uh, every Friday uh, on writing thank you notes, and so, you know, he's he's clever. Of course, he's got a you know, whole bunch of writers, which I don't. But I've got some thank you notes. So, okay, so if you've ever seen uh, Jimmy Fallon, and I don't, I don't really watch it. He's, you know, I see some of, the, uh, some of his, those, these clips on social media. I don't, no, I'm not really much of a late-night uh, uh, TV talk show watcher, but, you know, he, he's, he's clever and he's funny and he's not as bad as some of the others. So he, he does these every... Uh, Friday, and uh, so this is going to be Jimmy Fallon style. Y'all ready for this? Okay. Micah, give us some little thank you note writing music. You can't smile, Micah, because they don't smile on Jimmy Fallon. Okay, that's, that'll work, okay? All right, so here's my first thank you note. Thank you to the name Lloyd for being spelled with two L's. Otherwise, it would just be pronounced Lloyd. You don't have to laugh, but it helps. Thank you to the Christmas song, Mary Did You Know, for asking the question, how much did Mary know and when did she know it? I've been watching a lot of, uh, too much of the Senate trial or the House uh, trial, impeachment trial. Thank you to the makers of toothpaste for confusing us by making their medium-sized tubes the exact same size as Preparation H. True story. Thank you to the Hallmark Christmas movies for keeping us in suspense about how the movies are going to end because we can never quite figure it out. Sorry for you ladies that like to watch that. And the last one. Thank you to wives everywhere for suggesting that their husbands serve as pallbearers at their funerals so they can let them down one last time. Give it up for Micah. I sent Micah, thank you Micah, I sent Micah a YouTube video of how to learn this. I said, Micah, learn this because we might use it in this series. So, so he did. He did a good job. Uh, yeah, so we're finishing up this, this series called Thank You Notes. And I want to finish up with a, um, a message titled, A Thank You Gift to God. A Thank You Gift to God. And so 
We're going to be reading here in a minute from Psalm 50, verse 23. You know, there's an old saying, and I'm sure you've heard this before, an old saying that says that your life is God's gift to you, but what you do with your life is your gift to God. Have you ever heard that? Your life is God's gift to you, but what you do with your life is your gift to God. So today I want to talk about living your life, living your life as a thank you gift to God. Living your life as a thank you gift to God. Thanksgiving, as you know, isn't just a holiday, just one, one day a year, but it's, it's a lifestyle. And God wants us to live Thanksgiving as a lifestyle. And if you do that, if you if you and I, if we learn to live our lives as a thanksgiving gift to God, as a thank you gift back to God for all the things that he's done, it's going to increase our happiness. It'll increase your happiness in life. It'll definitely increase your satisfaction. It's going to allow your life to have more meaning, more significance if you just learn to live with gratitude. So we're going to begin and we're going to read. A lot of, of verses, mostly from the Psalms. And, uh, but we're going to start with Psalm 50, verse 23. And the New Living Translation, Psalm 50, 23, reads like this. But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. But giving thanks, says God, but giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. So if we want to honor God, then we got, we've got to learn to live with this attitude of gratitude, of, of thanksgiving. Do you know, and I've mentioned a little bit of this before in, in, in this series, did you know that scientists have discovered that gratitude really is the healthiest emotion we can have? That there's nothing better for your health, absolutely nothing better than the emotion or the attitude of gratitude? So this is what I want to talk now about why our lives should be a thank you note to God or a thank you gift to God. And so I'm just going to give you three reasons why our lives should be a thank you gift to God. Three reasons why our lives should be a thank you gift to God. Here's the first one. I should live my entire life. I should live my life as a thank you gift to God because of who he is. Because of who he is. Now, I want you to think about this. If God were a mean God, if God were mean-spirited, if he were petty, vindictive, malicious, then there'd be no reason, would there, for us to be thankful to God. If God were aloof, like, you know, arrogant, like if he were uncaring, if he were indifferent, if he were detached from your life, completely detached from your life, there'd be no reason for us to be grateful. Why be grateful about that? If God were unreliable, if he were inconsistent, if he couldn't be trusted, there'd be no reason to thank him. If God were cruel, if God were evil, if he, if he, if he was a vicious God, if he were to be weak, puny, Unstable, if he couldn't do anything about your problems, couldn't help you at all, if he were powerless to help you, there would be no reason to be thankful to God. But we know that none of these things are true about God, not one of them. In fact, the Bible teaches that God is the exact opposite of all these things I mentioned. And so we have many reasons to be thankful to God. Psalm 145 
3 says that great is the Lord, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. The Lord is great. God is not puny. He's not weak. He's not powerless. God is great. And so why is that worthy of my gratitude? Well, if God is big enough and powerful enough to create the entire universe, then we know that he's great enough and big enough and powerful enough to handle all your problems. Every one of your problems. There's nothing that God cannot do. And what he can do, which is everything, is not difficult for him. Jeremiah wrote that nothing is too difficult for God. A lot of times we think that maybe God is not interested in us. Maybe God doesn't care. Uh, Let me tell you that God is interested in you. He's interested in, in me because he's interested in every detail of his creation, of his universe. The Bible says that, Jesus said that God is interested in the, the hairs in, uh, on our head because he knows how many hairs we have on our head. And he has a power to do everything, anything about everything. So every problem you bring to God is small. Sometimes we think... You know, this is such a small problem. I don't even want to pray about this. This is not that big of a deal. Well, really, I mean, for God, there are no great problems and small problems, right? They're all small to Him. So that, that kind of thinking really doesn't make any sense to God. There are no big problems in His eyes. God is great. Psalm 99 9 reads like this. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at His holy mountain. For the Lord our God is holy. So that's the second thing we know about God. And, and that means that, that he is holy means that he is pure. It means that he's perfect. It means there's nobody like him in the entire universe. It means he's faultless. Faultless. Not, not a single fault. Not a single imperfection. Obviously no sin. That's something we can thank God for. When was the last time you thanked God that he was perfect? See, we, we take those things for granted. We say, yeah, God's, God's perfect. But have you thanked God that he's pure, he's perfect, he's faultless? God is holy. Psalm 107.8 says, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love. Not just for his love, but his unfailing love. No one, no one will ever love you the way God loves you. Not your parents, not your siblings, not your not even your grandparents, as much as grandparents love their grandkids. No person will ever love you the way God loves you. No man, no woman, nobody will ever do that. And the, the only reason, the only reason there's love in the universe, why do you think there's, there's love? The only reason there's love in the universe is because God is love. If God were not a loving God, we wouldn't know what love is. We know what love is between our family and you know, people here on earth, we know what love is because there is love, because God is love. You wouldn't know what, God, what love is if it weren't for God. You wouldn't be able to give love. You wouldn't be able to receive love. The only reason we can do that is, be, is because we're made in God's image and God is love. So when was the last time you thanked God that he is love and so you can love your husband, you can love your wife, you can love your kids? Psalm seven seventeen is the next one. And uh, it reads like this. I will thank the Lord because he is just. I will thank the Lord because he is just. This is another reason to be thankful for who God is. He is just. What does that mean? 
It means he's fair. It means he's not prejudiced. He's not biased. Just means he always does what is right. Another word for that is righteous. He always does what is right. God is never, ever wrong. He never takes a misstep. And boy, I'm so thankful to God for that. Here's the next one, Psalm 105. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So we can thank God that he is good. God is a good God. Everything that happens in your life that comes from God comes from a good God. If God were not a good God, just like with love, there would be no goodness. There would be nothing good in the universe. This would be a universe without God and his goodness. This would be a universe without any good things. There would be no good things. There would be no good times. There would be no good food. There would be no good food. There'd be no such thing as good food. There'd be no good taste. There'd be no uh, good looks. <laughs> How many of you are thankful for that? There'd be no good looks. Nothing good, but there, there are good things because we have a, a creator. We have a God who's good. Another reason then, that's the first reason we should thank God is because of who he is. But another reason that we should live our lives, a reason I should live my life as a thank you gift to God is not just because of who he is, but what he has done. What he has done. Psalm 52, 9 reads like this. For what you have done, I will always praise you. For what you have done, I will always praise you. What has God done? Well, many things. First of all, God created you. Have you ever thanked God that he created you? Psalm 148.5 says, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at His command they were created. You are alive and you were created. You are the workmanship of God. You're not an afterthought. You're not an accident. You're, you're not an accident. You were created by God. He, he created you specifically to be you. And he didn't use you with any leftover material. I mean, he just created you perfectly. So do you think we should at some point say, God, thank you for making me. Have you ever said that? Thank you for making me, for creating me. Yes. And if you haven't done that, you need to start doing that. So uh, what has he done? He has created us. Secondly, he answers our prayers. Look at Psalm 118, 21. I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me the victory. I love that. I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me the victory. So he answers our prayers. Now our prayers, sometimes he says, when we have a request, sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is slow, like not yet, it's coming. But he answers our prayers. And even no is an answer. It's an answer that says that he knows all things. He's perfect. He's just. And so we trust him. So he answers our prayers. He doesn't ignore us. Number three, he gives our lives direction. Psalm 16, 7 reads like this. I will bless the Lord who guides me. I will bless the Lord who, who guides me. How does, how does God guide us? Well, he guides us through the Bible. He guides us through spiritual teaching. He guides us through our uh, advice from our parents and 
mentors or our friends, uh, you know, who are in touch with God. He guides us through circumstances, lots of ways that he, he guides us. And so we can be thankful for that. The fourth thing God has done is that he came down to earth as Jesus and he died for us so we could be forgiven. We go to the New Testament now for, for this because we're talking about the death of Jesus and what it accomplished. And Paul wrote to the Colossians in Colossians two, thirteen and 14. And he wrote, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Now, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have debt, financial debt? And how many of you have had financial debt for a while? Can you imagine if somebody called you up and said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to take care of all the debt on your account. I'm going to cancel by paying the debt. All your your debt's going to be paid, or maybe the the you know the the bank that issued your visa card calls you and says, you know what, uh, you know you owe us three thousand dollars in the card. We're going to cancel it. You don't have to pay it. It's it's forgiven. Now, if somebody uh, called up and told you that, would you be thankful? <laughs> would you be grateful? Of course, of course, we all would. Well, that's what Jesus has done for us. He has forgiven our sins and he canceled the record that contained all the charges against us. All the charges, all the sins that we had committed, that we have committed, that there's a record and that they're held against us. And Jesus said, you know, all those things, they're forgiven as if you've never sinned. This is called, people use this example a lot, a lot. This is called being justified because it's just as if I had never sinned. That's justified. That's justification. And so he, he takes that record. He destroys it. He, he tears up the bill by nailing it to the cross is what Paul said. And so God wants us to never forget what he has done for us by forgiving us of our sins. And so we should be thankful for that. That's one thing that should really be at the center of our thanksgiving. And so he has done all those things for us. We, we, we thank God and we can live our lives as a thank you gift to God because of, of who he is and because of what he has done. And finally, the third reason I should live my life as a thank you gift to God is because of what God has promised. Because of what he has promised. What has God promised? Let me tell you something. I don't know where you are right now. Things might be going well for you. You might have some struggles. I don't know where you are in life. But I want, I want you to remember that God is not finished with you. This is not as good as it gets. It's going to get gooder and gooder. It's going to get better and better. So uh, this, is, this is not it. God is not finished. He is not finished doing good things in your life. He's going to do more. In fact, for the rest of your life, he's got blessings in store for you. He's got good plans. He's got good plans. He has good thoughts about you and God's thoughts about you are his plans for you. And uh, he he has promised these things. Uh, how do we know what God has in store for us? Well, they're they're the promises in the Bible for us. Did you know that there are, and somebody counted this, I take their word for it, uh, there are about 7,000 promises uh, 
in the Bible that apply to us today. Can you imagine that? 7,000. You say, well, I don't know any of them. Well, I mean... Do you, it's like having an insurance policy. You may not know everything in your insurance policy, but they're there. And when you need it, it's there. And so God has made over 7,000 promises to you in the Bible. Now, uh, here's Psalm seventy-one, twenty-two. Then I will praise you with music on the harp. Last week we spoke about one of the ways we give thanks to God is by, with music and by singing to him. So he says, the psalmist says, I will praise you with music on the harp because you are faithful to your promises. Oh, my God, you are faithful to your promises. Oh, my God, we sang this morning. All your promises are yes and amen. You know what that means? They're sure they're secure. All your promises are yes and amen. I read a story yesterday morning in the Wall Street Journal about a young lady who, had, when she's an adult now, but when she was a little girl, her father got arrested, uh, had something to do with drugs, impersonating an officer, so many different things, and he got sent away to prison. And when he came back, she was a, a teenager already, a young teenager. And so all her life, she wanted to know what exactly happened. Her, her dad wouldn't tell her. Her mom wouldn't tell her they, they were divorced. And uh, she finally, when she got old enough, looked it up on the Internet and found out about this case and, and uh, talked to her dad about it. And, and the whole story, it was this long story, and it ended very sadly because the, the conclusion was my dad always lied to me. He always made promises to me that he had no intention of keeping. And so she said, I finally realized that everything my dad had told me why he was arrested, it really wasn't his fault. He was caught with a gun. He, he was accused of having a, a, a stolen gun. He didn't really have it. The police lied. She found out at the very end the dad was lying to her, and he had made all kinds of promises to her. And she finally said, she finally realized, my dad is a liar. She finally came to the conclusion, he's never been honest with me, and I just don't expect him to be honest with me now anymore. I mean, I'm an adult now, and uh, that's, that's been my life. And many people have dealt with that in their family. And sometimes when they think of God, their heavenly father, they think, well, he must be like my earthly father. He's nothing like our earthly fathers, even if he had a good father. But especially if you didn't have a good father. Because all of God's promises are yes and amen. So have you ever thanked God for his promises to you that, that, that gives you a... a a bright future when you walk in his path. Now, let me just show you a couple or, or three of the thousands. I'm not going to go through all 7,000 of the promises, but just a couple or, or three of, of these. Uh, first of all, our, one of the promises that God has given us is eternal life or life after death. Eternal life is not just life after death, but it's a, the quality of life here on earth. But it certainly includes life after death. Jesus said this to Martha. Remember Mary and Martha. In John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Are you thankful for life after death? It's like, hello, of course I am. Of course I am. Uh, have you ever thanked God for that? 
Remember, thank God that this earth is not the end. And when, when your loved ones die, if they die in Christ, to use a, a, a term that Paul used, if they die in Christ, then we know that we will see them if we are faithful to the end. Jesus said, he who believes in me, even though he dies, will live again. I mean, that's what Easter is all about when we celebrate Easter. So thank you, God. Thank you that this life is not all there is because uh, I sure am glad because I, you know, sure have messed up a big portion of this life. And I, I, I'm glad that it's not all there is. Another uh, one of God's promises is that he says that while you're on earth, he's promised to take care of all your needs if you will trust him. And put your trust in him and put him first in your life. Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, but seek first. Here's a priority. Seek first his kingdom, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you, will be added to you. What are all these things that he was talking about? He was talking about the things that we need, the food, the clothing, you know, the provision that we need here on earth. But nothing, first of all. He makes his promise that all these things, all these things will be given to you. But we have to seek first the kingdom of God. Nothing is more important than the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is God's plan for this world and God's plan for your life. That's the kingdom of God. If you say, God, I want your plan for my life and I want your plan for this world. For my life in this world, I want that and I want to live that out. I want that more than anything else. I want that more than, than money, more than, than fame. I want you to, to make me to be and do what you created me to be and do. He says, you do that, you live that way, I'll take care of all your needs. All your financial needs, all your health needs, I'll take care of all your needs. Are you, aren't you grateful for that promise? That's a great promise to be thankful for because I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But we know that God said, whatever happens, I got your back. I'll take care of your needs. The third great promise is this. We're talking about being thankful to God for the promises he's made to us. And God says, no matter what you go through in life, valleys, mountaintops, whatever you go through, I will always be with you. Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. That is something you can count on. And it's so significant, especially if you've been abandoned by a parent, uh, by a spouse, somebody you, you put your trust in, They've abandoned you. They've forsaken you. God says, I will never do that. No matter what you're going through, I'm never going to abandon you. That's something to be thankful for. Let me finish with this. How can we show thanks to God? By living our lives as a thank you gift to God. Colossians 3.17, Paul wrote, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Jesus. Whatever you do. Does that include cleaning house? You thank God when you clean house? Of course you can thank God. That's part of your gift to God. When you're washing your car, does that include changing a dirty diaper? Yeah, 
You can thank God. That's part of your gift to God when you do it with, with thanksgiving. Your, your job, your career, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. And then finally, the last verse, Colossians 2, 6 and 7. I love this verse. It just lays it out so cleanly. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. So, first of all, he says, just as you received, just as you've been saved, you received Christ as Lord. Continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So, how do we live our life? Continue to live your lives overflowing with thankfulness. And I dare you to commit your life to doing this. I dare you to, to begin thinking of your life as a gift to God. The way you live your life, your life to God can be a gift your entire life. You'll be happier, you'll be healthier, you'll be more satisfied with your life. If you develop thanksgiving as a lifestyle. And I want to challenge you and encourage you to do that. Let's finish with a prayer. Would you, would you bow with me? Father, thank you so much for, for this <coughs> reminder. These, these verses. This is just your word, Father. We, we don't have to add anything. We don't, we don't have to uh, hide anything. It's clear. It's clear to us. What you're asking us to do. I pray that Thanksgiving would not just be one day a year in which we overeat and we watch football and we nap and we enjoy family time. Enjoying family time is so, so uh, precious to us and such a great gift to us. But Lord, let Thanksgiving be an entire life, uh, entire life and a lifestyle of gratitude. That I would see my life as a way of saying thank you to you. More than writing a thank you note. More than saying thank you. Those things are important. We should do them. But in addition to that. That my life would, entire life would be a thank you gift to you. We thank you because you are good. You're holy. You're just. We thank you because you've created us. You've, you've saved us. We thank you for the promises you've given to us that keep us going when the days get rough. They keep us going knowing that you have great things in store for us when we're faithful to you. In Jesus' name.